welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 131. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. Tonight we have Chewy. How's it going, mate? I'm well, mate. How are you? Pretty good. And we've also got Cracker. How's it going, Cracker? Good, thanks, buddy. Good to hear. Uh, thankfully, none of the three of us have <laughs> come down with the Rona again, although, Chewy, you've just recovered from it. But uh, poor old Stu's managed to pick it up from what well, he got it from his brother, I think. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the report. So, yep. yeah, I hope they're both feeling well. Uh, for me, you know when you like play a video game and you respawn and you're invulnerable for you know the first few <laughs> seconds? I feel like that's me right now. So Yeah, it does. Yeah, I've dodged the bullet. I've actually like like I was talking about it with Kat the other night. We we kind of want to catch it like now because we've got we're going to Bali in a month from Oh you'll catch today. it in Bali, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we like we don't want to catch it the week before we go to Bali because that messes it up. So it's like if we catch it now, then at least we've had it. We don't have to worry about it. We're all good. Oh, go and visit we, Stu. We, we don't have to stress. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Cat drops some stuff off at the house, but well, we just we just can't seem to get it. So. I mean, we hung out with him all day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into that. We've got a, lot, a few things to talk about that. But, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit of a mixed bag of things tonight that we'll go through. Um, starting off with our recap from our league that concluded on uh, on the weekend. That was a lot of fun. But before we get into that, Cracker, do you want to tell us yeah. about our awesome sponsors? I'd love to. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction patch and they have nightly auctions for single magic cards. Uh, they do wonderful things like the win it now auctions where you can just type in sold and score just sweet new cards for amazing prices. They're all super, super competitive. They've got a dedicated auctioneer so that everything comes fast and well packaged and they help us with all the sponsorships for the the tournament series, which we just concluded the league on the weekend and the prizes were thanks to them. So go buy some cards from those guys and when you win the auctions, tell them that the bean sent you. Very good. I think in the near future, there'll be a whole lot of double masters cards going up there. So I'm, I'm assuming that Pat will be cracking them furiously and there's going to be lots of fresh new bargains to pick up for your commander deck. So keep an eye out on that. We will definitely talk a bit more about Double Masters later on in the podcast tonight. Uh, but yeah, that set is looking very cool. Although I did hear, I think uh, Polyoff will post in the chat. I think they're, they're having distribution issues and stock may be limited for quite a while. So uh, that that could uh, potentially inflate the prices or the, the initial prices on those sorts of things. So keep an eye out for that. All right. So you, we mentioned our league. So we had our Streets of New Capenna League wrap up on the the weekend. We we played through the the group stage over a few weeks, cut to a top sixteen. Uh, I think we started with forty eight players, uh, eight groups, two player top two players from each group qualified for the finals. Uh, we played. Uh, they go into a double elimination, top sixteen, and we 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 basically play the early stages of that over the period of a week. And uh, that leaves us with eight players who get to play on stream. And so we ran that this Saturday just gone. And oh boy, did we see some amazing <laughs> matches of magic. Uh, sometimes we go into these and it's, you know, we look at the deck lists and, and you know, you, Cracker and, and Stu spoke about them last week. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, you know, there's some, there's some good stuff here and you get some sort of non-games, that sort of thing. 
And uh, this was very much a mid-range uh, format, as as we were expecting. But, uh, yeah, that led to some amazing games. So, Chewy, do you want to give us a bit of rundown on uh, how it all played out? Yeah, absolutely. So, w- first of all, the the stream is always a, a whole bunch of fun, and uh, but we did sorely miss Cracker, uh, who's... Uh, had one of his kids' birthdays, uh, but yeah, I had a I was I was talked out by the end of it, mate, having to do extra shifts without you. But we had, like you said, spice, absolutely spicy mid-range decks. Everybody trying to approach the uh, the format in a different way, and uh, we had some of the like coolest moments and plays and just insane matches. And and the one that really stands out is. Uh, I think it was the semi-final between Mr. M, who was on the Jeskai Hanada deck, and Elwal or Linden, who was playing one of the Team of Titan lists. And it just looked like Mr. M had it sewn up. Like, Elwal just had their back against the wall and just, over the course of, like, five or six turns, just got, like, a couple of percentage points back in that turn, a couple of percentage points back, and... Uh, Mr. Rem didn't draw, you know, a haymaker in that time, so Elwall took advantage of that window. There was a interesting counterspell stack where Arena made it. Every, you know, everyone was confused. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that El- was weird. Yeah, <laughs> That's, there's uh, been actually a lot of discussion about that in the in the Discord this week, like people going back and watching the VOD and and trying to figure out what went wrong there and and how uh, you know it didn't play out the way it should have. Yeah, there was a make disappear. Uh, which is the the counter spell that has the casualty, so it creates copies and yeah, it was all very confusing. So do check out the vod uh, if you want to see what we're talking about. But Lyndon either either got arena bugged or misclicked or whatever. I don't think we've quite figured out what went on there. But the end result was the thing he was trying to counter didn't get countered. And to Lyndon's credit, he he didn't he didn't. Uh, tilt he didn't didn't let it get to him just moved on and was still able to claw back and, and win the game so uh it was yeah an absolute spectacle to watch and, and you guys did a great job of uh maintaining coherent commentary while you had your uh idiot co-commentator off screen uh going like acting like they were <laughs> jumping the around like a clown <laughs> yeah it was pretty exciting it was pretty exciting i was i, I did really enjoy watching that match, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was great. But um, my my pick for the tournament, um, Sarah Soldiers, did me really proud. Uh, they uh, played really, really tight, really, really technical magic, and got all the way to the final, but uh, were taken down by the uh, the Grixis vampires of Calvinel or, or Penchair, who had beaten Sarah and knocked Sarah down to the lower bracket. Uh, so Calvinel just did it on easy mode, won their first match in the upper bracket, and then just, you know, cruised through, got the job done, and took down the uh, the prize money, but importantly, that invite to the Invitational at the end of the year. So, yeah, it was epic. Uh, loved seeing it. Great coverage. Uh, some of the work that you've done... Behind the scenes on the stream, Shorty uh, looked great. Uh, Cracker, did you get a chance to watch any of the stream or catch up on the VOD at all? I did get to watch bits and pieces during the day. I was at a party, as you said. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely caught some of it. And the matches I saw were great. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
you guys look like you're having a good time. I always feel like I'm missing out when I'm not there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it looked like it was. Um, there was some really good stuff. Yeah, definitely. It was a great day, good coverage, other than the random OBS <laughs> crashes, which happened twice, unfortunately, and the uh, the mics dying at exactly <laughs> the time that we wanted to do an interview. So, a few little technical difficulties, but I think everyone still had a, hell, still had a lot of fun. The um, the Grixis Vampires deck that, uh, that Penchair or Calvin Hill won with, we didn't actually get to see it on camera throughout the day. As, as you said, Chewie, he won through the top bracket. And the way we generally do our coverage to make sure that everyone gets a chance to be on camera is we follow the lower bracket. Um, you know, the, the matches have a bit more... Uh, whatever the word is for them, importance, I guess, because it's it's win and you stay alive and lose, you die. So you die, you're out. <laughs> what, <laughs> it's just the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we follow the lower bracket. And so you get we get this every time with, just with the way we do our coverage. Whoever that person is that wins through in the upper bracket, we don't get to see their, their deck until the final match. And... Um, yeah, so we didn't we didn't really get to see how the Grixis deck was going. Obviously, it was performing really well, and we got to see that in in that final match where it just just like the card advantage and the you know the the two for ones that are just built into the creatures in the deck and all that sort of thing is yeah really sort of showed. And Sarah Soldiers did a did a great job, and there was I think the game one was pretty close uh, from memory, but uh, just sort of you know running out of gas and the, and the vampires deck just sort of continuing to steamroll on was enough to to finish it off. So, yeah, congrats to uh, to Pengier, Calvinell, uh, all the way into the Invitational for the end of the year and a little bit of prize money. And, um, yeah, thanks to everyone who played on the day and tuned in, gave away a bunch of stuff, which is always a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to the next one. So if you did miss it, the VODs are still up on Twitch. It's split into three parts because of the uh, the OBS crashes, uh, but I've downloaded them and we'll piece them together and cut out the um, all the downtime and all that sort of thing so it's a bit more cohesive and put that up on YouTube hopefully on the weekend. So keep an eye out for that and, uh, yeah, go and check it out. So good fun as always, and, yeah, you were definitely missed, Cracker. It is, it is always nice to have you there on on coverage uh, too, especially uh, I think it's become... Almost uh, tradition to have you and Chewie commentating on the uh, the grand final match. So certainly missed out on that. Yes, I know. Next time I'll be there for sure. <laughs> Kids' birthdays, forget it. I it know, was ten. It was kind of it was kind of an important one. So I felt yeah, like yeah. I couldn't just skip out on this one. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be just before we move on. Uh, the like Stu did a great job with extra commentary stints, polywaffle, uh, pressing the buttons behind the scenes. But again, Maddie P. Uh, his presence has helped everything run really smoothly. So again, Maddie, thank you for all your efforts. And uh, yeah, if you're and that's not, why you're not allowed to top eight. That's right. <laughs> Don't scare us again by making top sixteen, mate. So yeah, that's it. We'll have to get have to get another lackey. I mean, someone to come and help us run this stuff behind the scenes. Uh, very good. All right. So that was the Saturday for us, and then uh, as we mentioned in the, the last couple of podcasts we had something else coming up on the monday which was uh your birthday barbecue chewy we've been talking about wanting to do this for a while you know you moved into your new house you want to get everyone over we want to get together and have a, have a, uh, a cube and eat some meat and uh we did plenty of that oh how good were the steak sandwiches just oh, that, that were very good no. yeah so for, nice. for those who don't i bought a whole life fillet i made 
some fancy stakes hangers. So I'm going to improve it. So you guys, this is something I want to get really good at. So if you guys want to just be my guinea pigs with the stakes hangers, that'd be great. Okay. Um, yeah, good. I'm happy yep, for yep, you to yep. feed me meat. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, can we, I'll bring can some we commander decks. That, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we, whilst we were yeah consuming large quantities of protein, uh, we got a couple of cubes in, which was pretty awesome. So uh, I've got a cube, which is you know my own creation. This is the latest iteration. I describe it as like a legacy type cube. It doesn't have power, but it's it's still got you know dual lands and powerful spells in it. And yeah, that was uh, that was a bunch of fun. Um, I drafted the blue red wildfires archetype. Uh, I was a bit short on some matter acceleration, so it wasn't quite there. It was like a I don't know maybe a seventy percent version of the deck, but had some super fun games, and it's an archetype I enjoy. So, uh, Cracker, what did um, what did you draft in the first stint? I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to remember all of it, but there was a bunch of blue and black cards. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it was mostly just like blue black control is where I ended up. Uh, it mm, draft wasn't exceptional for me. Like it was okay. I don't think I. I I don't think I read the signals very well, you know, kind of. I wasn't reanimator because I did that in the second one and there was just like all the reanimator packs going around. But yeah, I just kind of ended up with, you know, like cryptics and, and a couple of other things and just like some interaction and a couple of, you know, threats and managed to, you know, steal a, a nice little victory against Jew Chewy. Nothing to do with you cooking the steaks at the time. It's completely <laughs> irrelevant to how those games played out. There was, there was a lot at stake in that matchup, mate. So. <sighs> I, I was Grixis in that one too because, yeah, I, I, okay, that's what I was. I was doing Grixis and Dak Faden was the, uh, the MVP. Oh, you stole my Mana Rock. <laughs> yeah, I stole your Mana right. Rocks twice and then I actually managed to kill you with Dak because you the game took so long you drew your whole deck and then I made you draw your last two cards <laughs> with Dak's ability and then you, you died to drawing from an empty library. So... Yeah, Cute. but then I finished yeah. making lunch, so Correct, we're all yeah. winners in the end. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and Shorty, you went undefeated in well for the whole day, right? I went, they- I went undefeated for the whole day. Yeah, well, nice. Did you? Know? <laughs> I did. Well, I, I had no losses against my name. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, like what what you're saying, Craig, in uh, Cube, like reading the signals. For anyone out there who hasn't drafted Cube before, you know, we've we've talked about it on this podcast plenty of times and, you know, you hear other people talk about Vintage Cube or Magic Online, that sort of thing. I don't know how it goes on Magic Online with, like, shuffling of packs and, and that sort of, you know, do, does it have a set distribution and, and whatever, but particularly in paper with people <laughs> shuffling packs and then trying to split them and, and all that sort of thing, you can end up with some weird packs which can throw your draft out, but it's also, it's just super hard to read signals because... In a normal draft, you've got your rare and your three uncommons, and they sort of point point you into the directions that you want to be drafting. So when you see, you know, pick six or seven in pack one, you see that, like, multicolored uncommon, and you go, okay, well, if no one's taking that, that archetype's probably open. You just don't get that in cube because the packs are just full of bombs. <laughs> and so you can't – it takes a while to learn what other people are drafting – 
because you're just getting past these packs of awesome cards. So You've got to look past the individual cards and look at archetypes. Yeah. And, and there are certain cards that are- Some of that is know, knowing what's in the cube as well. If you don't know 100%. that, you, yeah, you don't know what the archetypes are. And you can assume, generently assume, you know, if you see a, a um, Splinter Twin, you can go, okay, well, there's probably- some cards that go with Splinter Twin in this in this cube, so maybe I'll take that and then pick up all the other bits and pieces that go with that if if it comes through. But the you know sort of general archetypes, unless you know the cube, it is it is hard to know what people are taking out of the packs. Yeah, it's de- definitely different to drafting a normal normal draft where it's much easier to to read the signals. So I think that what that leads to is a lot of the time you finish the draft and kind of everyone's going, um, I drafted a pile of cards and <laughs> now I've got to see if I can put them together and figure out a way to win. So, But the but thing is, fun. even if your deck isn't, you know, the the thing that super excites you, you've got really powerful cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, uh, you know, you, you end up with, even though your deck might not have the cohesion that you would have hoped for, you definitely got the power level. So yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's quite fun. Yeah. Quite fun. So yeah, I drafted, so in your cube, I drafted removal.deck. Uh, it was Abzan. Um, I think I had 14 actual removal spells and then a couple of creatures that were also removal spells. <laughs> I think my deck ended up with like four or five creatures. In an Abzan deck, which is which is like I had Kitchen Finks, had a Secura Tri Builder, a Prime Time, Ravenous Chupacabra. The, yeah, Ravenous Chupacabra. What's the big green dude with Persist that comes in and destroys it? Woodfall a, Primus. Yeah, Woodfall Primus. And I think that was it. So I think that was five creatures in my deck. And then I had some, a couple of Garricks. And then the rest was literally removal and one Kadama's Reach. <laughs> So I, I sat down for my first matchup and uh, was paired up against Polywaffle, who, of course, was playing blue-white Planeswalkers and Control, <laughs> and went, oh, boy, <laughs> this is this is not what my deck is uh, is built to do. Th- thankfully, like, I'd drafted uh, things that were, uh, like, exile target permanent or destroy target non-land permanent, like uh, binding the old gods and, and things like that. So I could, I did have removal that was relevant to planeswalkers and things like that as well. So we, um, in the time that you two played your match, which was what, did you guys play three games or was it just two games? Uh, no, we played three. Okay. So you played three games and Chewy cooked the lunch. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris and I managed to get two games done. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the first and one took 40 minutes. Yes. And then we decided that uh, we probably shouldn't play the third game because lunch was ready, so we took a draw. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's how I went undefeated. So I won my next two two rounds and, yeah, ended up in, uh, on 2-0 and 1. Uh, Polywaffle pipped me on the on the standings with the, the breakers, but, uh, yeah, it was good. So... I think both of us are just assuming. I'm assuming that if we had played the third match, I would have won, and Polywaffle's assuming that if if we played the third match, he would have won. So we're both just claiming the uh, the three zero for the draft. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, we should have gotten the uh, the deck lists and had a had a rematch. <laughs> or just do the uh, the you know everyone's got to look at the deck list and go, oh yeah, this deck would have won, and yep, flavor call, win, call, yeah, flavor, yeah, flavor that's win. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah. So we then had a bit of a break played a little bit of commander and then oh and i played polywaffles uh colorless 
uh, Kozilek Eldrazi list, and uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, but then we jumped into Polywaffle's Powered Cube, and you know we're we're looking at all these bombs in in my cube, but it went up a level. It's fair to say. <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got expensive stuff in some jewel lands, but when you open Polywaffle's packs, it's like the jewel lands are the cheap cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've drafted that cube like five times. I still haven't opened a piece of power. Okay. I got, uh, I pack one, picked one, a Mox Pearl, and I picked up a Time Twister. Uh, nice. So, yeah. I uh, nice. pack one, pick one, a Sapphire, Mox Sapphire. Yep, yep. Very good. Okay. It's pretty, pretty uh, good. But yeah, that's, I- those, those packs are just like, oh my goodness, because he's- you know, he spent the time and the money to get the fancy printings and the you know, expedition this and the judge promo this oh, and, and whatever. So it's it's very nice. I mean, there's still more work he can do to it. So you know, get onto that, Chris. But <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty nice. Right. I mean, he's got whiteboard jewel lands in there. Like, come on, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've got a sharpie. Yeah. Uh, so what did you draft in the in the vintage cube, Chew? I drafted Jund Colors, but I had a basically I was a channel Eldrazi Titans deck. So <laughs> on more than one occasion I cast channel on turn two to put something like a you know Big Khan or Kozilek and one time Emrakul the Aeon's Torn uh, into play <laughs> on turn two, which was pretty gas. So Poor Stu, uh, our match took less than 10 minutes and I was 2-0, and I just had it. But I think one of the times I turned two, I cast a Monic Tudor to go and get the Fatty, and then turn three, I cast it. But yeah, I had Sundering Titan, Big Khan, Kozilek, Ulamok, and Emrakul, uh, <laughs> with you know various ways to uh, tutor up the pieces and or to cheat them into play, so... Uh, channel being the you know the most fun one so that was pretty good um i think i drew every land in my deck against you cracker uh except for when you yeah you turned to mana rock carned me <laughs> um that was <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. was that was pretty good yeah that's but um, then the other hard. yeah then, then yeah you did you flooded it then hard. you just killed me in in game two and then game yeah. three even though i had a sylvan library out I just didn't see a spell, so I just, the true. shuffler was a bit broken, I think. But yeah, there was like 12 lanes in your top 20 cards or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty rough. But that's okay. I, I ended up with a 2-1 record uh, out of it, so yeah, it was, felt good to win. Um, what did you play, Cracker, in the uh, <laughs> in the Reanimator, mate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Shock horror. Uh, kind of a middling reanimator deck so the problem i had was i had good spells to get the cards into my graveyard i had like charter course and faithless looting i had in tomb and buried alive so kind of like the good ones and then my reanimation spells yeah not so much <laughs> so i had uh, a bunch of instant speed ones that made you sacrifice them or like exile them at the end of the turn so i am um, I won a few games just by casting Dark Ritual into Grave Titan. That'll it's, do. Um, it's a pretty good way to, to, you know, like Grave Titan on turn four, usually, sometimes turn three, if you've got, you know, like a, a Mox in play, uh, you can, it's pretty good. Like, you need a lot of removal to, to clean that up. So, 
I uh, I also went two one. Uh, I lost to Mister J Mud, um, but I did manage to beat Tom D, who was playing some other nonsense as well. But yeah, I mean, look, a bad time cubing is still like the best time. <laughs> like, <laughs> not that I had a bad time at all. Like, it was just it's just heaps of fun. I love just sitting down and doing it, and you know. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I had I had a, a great time. Yeah, the re- the reactions when everyone opens their packs is <laughs> is always good. And you, uh, I believe you, <laughs> you made a noise, cracker, an involuntary that, noise. That, that was no, that was my mouth. <laughs> yeah. what, I still you, don't know quite what that was. No, you opened a pack and just this noise just came a, out. A squeak, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's just like what was? I'm not going to try and repeat it. It's uh, it's not good for anyone's ears. But uh, uh, yep. No, that's that's what the the cubes are all about. Uh, it was fun. a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, no one drafted mono red. I did not draft mono red. Both both drafts mono red wide open. No one drafted. Probably should have actually drafted mono red in the in the vintage cube with you playing yeah. channel and emrakul chewy. It's like oh, you take fifteen life. Yeah, no worries. Bolt <laughs> lightning strike. Whatever you're dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the scary <laughs> part, right? Really Bolt yeah. fire blast, GG. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I drafted uh, basically Polywaffles deck from from the first draft, a uh, blue white planeswalker control. I think not re- control in the sense of I had some, had board wipes. I had uh, I think I had three board wipes, and then and like my only counter spell was one remand, which is technically not really a counter spell still very good had basically no card draw which was which is weird i had one what's the three mana draw two cards discard to untap three lands frantic search that one yep one of those and that was basically it and then yeah just swords path exile you know those sorts of removal spells and planeswalkers just bulk Planeswalkers didn't get a Teferi cracker. Uh, Matty P drafted Teferi on me, mm. but uh, yeah, I had two, two Elspeths, two Gideons, Jason Mind Sculptor, and Jace Rune's Prodigy, and a Jani. Just, just bulk Planeswalkers. Um, and uh, in the final game against J Mud, I think we, I uh, no, beat him two zero. So in the second game against J Mud, uh, I had. <laughs> All of that on the field. <laughs> two, two Gideons, two Jasons, so two Elspeths. On the field. <laughs> it was just uh, like, there's two Gideons on the battlefield and that stupid emblem that says that I can't, <laughs> I can't win unless I <laughs> kill the Gideons. How am I supposed to do that? And this Elspeth yeah. was spitting out tokens. And, yeah, it was, it was an ugly board state for, for him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, the, that was fun. The big Elspeth making an army and then the four men of Gideon. Such a good finisher, man. Pumping them up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's a it's a fair board presence every turn. It was actually a lot of fun. Like the the deck was really quite interesting to play because you, like, it was all about the end game. It was can I? How do I? Like, I'm obviously going to take some damage early on, but how do I control the board enough to get to a point where it's like, okay, I can land my planeswalkers. They're not going to die straight away, and then once I can untap with the planeswalker and start generating some some value, then. I'm good. And then after that, it's like, okay, yep, this game's going to go for another 10 turns, but you're not going to win. Um, and I had some, I, th- I think my match against Polywaffle was, was really tight. That was a, a 2 1 victory for me. But yeah, there was some, some really interesting lines that both of us had to, had to take in, in that game. And I think it came down to, I played a Jace Vrin's Prodigy and 
had a stacked graveyard and was like, if you let me untap with this Jace Rune's Prodigy, I'm going to tap it, loot, turn it into a Planeswalker. I'm going to flashback a board wipe that's in my graveyard and you've got no hand and now no board and then I'm just going to take the, the game away from here and he just couldn't find a removal spell for it and that's how the game played out. So, yeah, it was really, really quite interesting to play and turns out I can win when I'm not just playing mono red. So, who who would have known you Shorty just need playing to control. Open power to for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mox Pearl, man! <laughs> the amount of times it's like, oh, I can pl- play a land drop and this Mox Pearl, and now I can play six mana Elspeth. Awesome, sounds good. So yeah, that was Cube. Uh, definitely keen to do some more. We've obviously got my Pauper Cube as well that probably needs a bit of an update, but yeah, keen to do some more cubing again, and um, yeah, have another another good day like that i think that's become a bit of a tradition now for your birthday chewy that we take the day off and and get together so i think that's one we should keep going i'll have another birthday next year just just for that (laughs) just for that yeah yeah (laughs) sounds good all right so the other thing we want to talk about tonight is double masters so we mentioned this a little bit Earlier on in the podcast, uh, this is the new hotness that is coming out right now. So we've been in that state of never-ending previews. We had new Capenna previews, then that set released. Then we had some new Capenna Commander previews. Then we had like 40k Commander stuff. Then there was Boulder's Gate, whatever that set is, previews. And then we've just gone straight into Double Masters previews. So talk about overload it's it's getting pretty insane but this set is uh bonkers yeah i think that's about appropriate yeah uh it's also insane. ridiculously expensive so just to sort of run through what the set is and then we can talk about a few of the other things so in double masters it's it's uh a set they did it what two years ago now they did double masters one it was really popular it's all reprints i think except for one new card which uh, we may talk about when we go through some of the cards so it's a great way to you know get those cards that you've been looking for hopefully at a cheaper price more more printings of them means prices come down it's chock full of fancy style printings you know alternate arts extended arts borderless there's textured foils that come in the collector's boosters all these things add up to Collectors are going to want the expensive stuff, which means the stock printings or the printing from two years ago should hopefully come down in price. So that's generally good. But yeah, this set is is not cheap. So it comes in draft booster boxes, which are only 24 packs, which is obviously enough to to do a full draft. But it's for so pre-ordering at the moment. I looked it up before on Gameology. Pre-ordering, I think, was 405 bucks for 24 packs. Uh, the retail price they had on it was like 560 or something stupid like that. And then you can get collector boosters, which we all know and love. Uh, 300 bucks for a box of collector boosters. How many packs would you expect to get for $300, Chewy? What do you get, 12 in a normal set? Yeah, no- normally 12. And then thinking about the price, do you only get six? <laughs> if if only you got six, oh, so you that, get, that'd be too generous, wouldn't it? You, you get four packs for three hundred bucks. Wow! <laughs> just, it's like how is that even a box? <laughs> That's just four loose packs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not buying any of those. I know somebody who will be buying probably plenty of those, but uh, yeah, that's that's a crazy price. So, 
the good thing with these packs is there's two to four rares or rares or mythics per pack uh, with a minimum of two. So it depends on, on what you actually get. The collected boosters, obviously, you get higher rates of getting those things. Collected boosters, you get more alternate arts and special printings and more foils. And, um, yeah, you can get the, the special textured foils. So, yeah, pretty pretty crazy set. Releases on the 8th of July, so that's only a couple of weeks away. And, uh, yeah, there's... As I said, it's all basically all reprints. So there is a ton of really good stuff <laughs> in here. So uh, the set is also, it's meant to be drafted. That's why there is draft booster boxes. So Chewie, do you want to quickly run us through the archetypes that are um, in this set? Like the, the color combos, they are supporting tri-colored wedges, shards, whatever they are for, for this set. So Yeah, so basically- Encouraging you to draft three color, which is great. So, yep. so there's Esper Flicker. There is uh, so you know lots of comes into play abilities in a way to repeat that. Uh, Grixis Graveyard Mid Range. So exactly what that sounds like. Uh, Classic Jund. So a bit of Boomer Jund. So I'm expecting a few discard spells and some you know Jund things. Uh, Naya Heroic Agro. So we've seen um, like the Tenth Legion. 10th district legionnaire and things like that going around um bant big ramp so yep it's pretty good like i think hydro crisis is uh yeah in the is. set mm-hmm. um mardu sacrifice very very classic mardu things uh team uh, mid-range ramp so i'd be interested to see you know the differences between uh that and the bant uh abzan counters so there's like uh the What's the like absent falconer uh, cycle? Whether you can, what's that mechanic called? Where you can yeah, it's uh, outlast. 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 Outlast, yeah. So yeah. there's a bit of that. Jeskai prowess, which is definitely in our wheelhouse there, shorty, and um, and then Saltai graveyard growth with um, you know things like Maldrotha uh, being in the set is pretty exciting as well. So sounds super fun to draft, and you know given that we've just had the events that we had on monday at my place this is a little bit familiar shorty yeah um, like we were saying before the podcast that this looks and feels like when you go through those archetypes they're very much the classic archetypes for those colors like those color combos and that's basically what you would draft when you draft cube like (laughs) it's it very much feels like a uh, a cube set which is cool. Like, I would love to be able to, to draft this and, and hopefully we'll get to, like, I'm assuming Polywaffle will get at least a couple of the draft boxes and, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get a chance to actually draft it. it. It looks quite cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely excited to do that. And, look, if I do manage to, you know, c- convince my wallet to, to part with the, the money, it would be good to do a um, do a draft with that but or maybe a box opening on stream, Shorty. Ooh. Yeah, definitely keen to that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was saying before as well that like I didn't buy any boxes of uh, New Capenna. It just didn't didn't grab me that set. And the next set's not coming out for another three months till September. So maybe I could justify the four hundred bucks to buy a box of this. And yeah, it's a. Uh, it would be very cool to open, but it's it's, it's one of those sets where it's like. You buy the box, 400 bucks, and then you open it and you just get the not very good rares and you go, well, I got 100 bucks out of my $400 
and it's it just doesn't feel good. Uh, then you get the other ones where it's yeah, you crack the box. And it's like, well, I got eight hundred dollars out of my four hundred dollar box, so I'm very happy. And it's uh, it's almost like uh, it's almost like gambling, a little bit, but not. <laughs> it's a little. Uh, yeah. So, crack cracker, what do you think of these archetypes? I mean, they're great, right? They they just all seem like a lot of fun to play. You know, the, you've kind of got everything in here that I think you would want maybe I don't think anything jumps out as like the straight control pairing but I mean I guarantee there's enough stuff in you know blue white or blue black to be able to to do that sort of stuff so yeah no it looks looks sweet and that I mean the set is like you said just bananas like it's literally just every every card (laughs) feels like a banger (laughs) particularly in limited like you're talking about you know rares you'd be sad to open you know, like one of the leeches or something, maybe for your, you know, your booster box. And you're like, oh, I'm going to crack it for value. And you're like, oh, I got a, you know, $2 rare. Woo. But in limited, those things are like insane. So uh, there's there's that balance point there. They can't all be, you know, $100 reprints, even though there's a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, it uh, seems awesome. And in fact, the cards that are the most value, you probably don't even want to open. <laughs> for draft for drafting nah nah yeah. that's right you just like you're just rare drafting them because they're I mean a lot of money but yeah that's, it's funny how that kind of works that way yeah definitely um, but yeah like for me looking at those archetypes it's like yep I'd be I'd be happy to draft pretty much any of them like a, a lot of them are archetypes of like old standard decks or modern decks that, that I've played that I'm you know I've enjoyed over the years so being able to draft them would just be a lot of fun so definitely keen yeah hopefully hopefully we get that chance so let's have a bit of a look through some of the cards we've all picked a few cards that we're excited to see in this set or just cards that we think are you know good to see as reprints that sort of thing so chewy you want to kick us off uh yeah so the first one i'm looking at here is more of a you know a card i'm excited about for commander and because it availability has been a a bit of a challenge for concordant crossroads uh so it's a enchantment single green all creatures have haste so uh a combo type card for you know cedh but uh also just lets you know one of those cause some chaos that's a fun card you know all of a sudden every creature in the table on the table of four players has haste you know, things happen. So uh, I'm excited by that. And it's a, a, a card that, you know, I know like Polywaffle with his Kenrith CEDH deck would be uh, interested in. And they've been difficult to get previously. So they're not, you know, they were in a secret lair recently, which was great, but that affected the price a little, it dropped the price down somewhat. But it's a, uh, you know, it's still... Uh, not hugely expensive, but just about supply uh, on that. So just happy to see that. So not not you know one of the big splashy thousand dollar things, but just a, a card I'm happy to have because now I've got the potential to own one where I didn't before. So I'm I'm excited by that. I've never even heard of this card before. It's a world enchantment. Sure yeah. is. Yep. It's back in the days when they hadn't quite worked out what the color pie was. <laughs> Yeah, and they did things like saying all creatures have haste. That's something that they don't tend to do, you know, like weird cards like coat of arms and things like that. That now they tend to restrict those sorts of things to just 
like your creatures and, and I guess a lot of that is for ease of play and understanding like you drop a coat of arms on the battlefield on in a commander game and it's like it's oh amazing. man how do we possibly calculate what size that all these matter. creatures You're already are dead if I cast it. You, yeah probably but <laughs> yeah when you've got creatures with two or three types it just gets super confusing so yeah anyway uh what one you want to kick us off with cracker food chain oh food chain speaking of broken cdh cards this is another enchantment it is two and a green it says exile a creature you control add x mana in any one color where x is one plus the creatures exile creatures converted or exile creatures mana value i still even though i see the word mana value i still go to say converted <laughs> mana cost spend this mana only to cast creature spells uh this goes into it used to be prosh was the the kind of commander for this, it's changed a bit now, but this is still like an absolutely busted card for just generating infinite uh, coloured mana of every colour is is kind of what you can do uh, with things like Squee and Eternal Scourge and uh, there's another one, which is the Falcon or something like that. It's, a, it's another flying creature and you just loop them. So you exile it to Food Chain, you add like five mana of a colour, you then cast it again for four, you've floated a mana. So as long as no one has any interaction, you can just do that an infinite number of times. Then you can do things like draw your deck with Thrasios or, you know, just kind of kill people any number of different ways. Turns out when you have infinite mana, you can do everything. <laughs> there's lots of different ways to win. So many ways. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's a an old legacy deck, Food Chain Goblins, uh, that, yep. you know, that. So, you know, maybe there's some people out there that were hoping to get into Legacy. Now, you know, it is 0.01% more accessible. So, that good change, Wizards. Yeah. I so, mean, it was it was a $90 card before. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, it's it's this sort of thing. And cool art, actually. Yeah, I like it. In- the instead hydras, of the yeah. creepy worm things coming out of the carcass of the body in the original printing, this is- <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that old art. It's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty very disgusting. <laughs> They've, they've gone from one end of the food chain to the other, where it's these creepy little grubs to like yeah, giant yeah. hydras tearing something to pieces. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, what about you, cool. Shorty? What's uh, what's jumping out at you? Uh, so, a card that I'm sort of happy to see reprinted, probably mostly for modern, uh, is where it sees a fair bit of plays Cavern of Souls. So, uh, I think we'll probably mention a bit later, but the general consensus on this set is it seems to be pretty focused on commander reprints but there is quite a lot of good modern reprints in there as well and, and cavern of souls is is definitely one of those so these are sort of you know hovering at the like 60 70 us mark or that or they are now sort of probably like 80 to 90 us previously so quite expensive i know i sold a play set of these at the sydney gp whenever that was three four years ago when when did we go there uh for like 90 bucks each or, or something like to a vendor for 90 bucks each so i got got really good money off of those so yeah it's de- it's definitely a card that sees a lot of play and, and you generally I tell you what i bought my foil for yeah <laughs> uh, generally you're, you know you're playing it in modern in some sort of creature deck where you can choose that creature type and you're going to be playing it as a four of so uh, having a reprint for this is very cool and there's alternate art on like a a borderless version of it that, that looks quite cool as well. So good solid reprint for modern. I don't know if this sees commander play, I guess. Yeah, if you're you playing Tribal Dex, it would. does. Yep. I mean, you 
probably you know, need a way to tutor it up. Otherwise, you, you're not going to see it very often. But it's not no, like it's not, Commander and not doesn't have any tutors. Yeah, no, yeah. no, there's, no, there's none <laughs> at all. <laughs> no way of finding lands. Yeah. No. Uh, but I'm excited by that as well, Shorty. I think it's a really good reprint. The art looks cool. Uh, yep. the, yeah, I think that is a good one. Uh, the next one I'm interested in is also from a, purely from a modern perspective because it's about cost. So Renan 6 uh, is a, you know, and Legacy as well, but mostly from a modern perspective, you know, Jun decks have been, you know, playing this in various amounts and it's a, sort of a four, card that comes four in color, the format. Four color four control. Mo- it's, four uh, color Omnath. Anything yep. that wants to kill a monkey. So... Yeah, red and six, uh, red and green for a planeswalker with three loyalty, plus one return uh, a land from your graveyard to your hand. Lots of fetch lands in modern. Uh, minus one to kill Ragavan, uh, and then it has an emblem, but, you know, you generally don't, you've won the game by then. Uh, but yeah, it was hovering around 80 bucks. Uh, so it is, I said legacy, it's actually banned in legacy, but it's a card that you know it's just really hard to get and any anyone who you know wants to invest in modern hopefully the price comes down a little bit now and it's a bit more accessible so i think that's uh a really exciting reprint and will let people play more decks it'll broaden their scope a bit so yeah not not again setting the world on fire we're not talking about you know the the big splashy things out there but uh genuinely excited and again maybe this means i can own some ren and sixes <laughs> yeah there's there's a quite a few um modern horizon one reprints in this set which is really good to see because they kind of desperately needed it for, yeah. for that some of them were in the list and you could get them in other places but uh, otherwise it was like single printing for a lot of that stuff so yeah really really good to have that one because like you said it's it's kind of sees playing a, a bunch of different decks in modern seems very good yeah, they seem Absolutely. to be doing a decent job of that at the moment. It's, it seems to be four years is sort of the the point where they put cards back into reprint. So, yeah, we're seeing cards in this set from MH1, but we're not seeing cards from MH2, which was two years ago now, I think, some, somewhere around there. So They're probably in, still selling it, you know. So Yeah, that, well, sense. they are. Yeah, you can literally still still buy boxes of it. Yeah, whereas in in probably another two years' time, we get the next Double Masters, then that's when you're going to start to see Ragavans and, and those sorts, you know, Urza Sagas and, and those sorts of cards coming in there. So, yeah, it's definitely good. And if you can kind of, if you know that there's that potential that those cards are likely going to get reprinted in that time frame, then you can kind of judge and go, all right, well, they're not going to get any cheaper than they are currently, so I'll just pick them up now because I really need them. Or you go, oh, you know what, I can wait that 18 months or whatever till we're likely to see this again and then, and then just pick them up then. Your next one on your list, Cracker. I yeah. saw a few people with this card on the battlefield when we we're at Chewie's place. Yeah, me. This is this is one <laughs> that, uh, that you're a big fan of. Tell, yeah, tell con- us what it is. Con- it's consecrated Sphinx, man. <laughs> it's uh, it says draw two cards on it. it <laughs> Whenever does. an opponent draws a card, you may draw two cards. Uh, which in Commander I mean, is you've got a lot of opponents who are drawing so cards. cards <laughs> so many cards. And everyone's trying to draw cards during their turn. Uh, I mean, it's just this card is actually kind of sneaky sus- expensive. It's it's one of those ones that I've looked at a bunch of times. I mean, oh, I should I should pick one of those up. It came out in like New Phyrexia and then it had like an Eternal Masters reprint. And that's kind of it. And they were like 70 bucks, which like the card is fun, but it's not busted good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's only because of the rarity that the price is up that much. And I, I, I think so too. I drafted it 
uh, in a uh, whatever set mine is. Um, Scars, so, I think. Yeah, so I uh, I was pretty lucky <laughs> to dodge the price tag on that. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm happy for that one to come. Uh, you know, it's look, it's still a mythic, so it's not like there's going to be you know a huge influx to the market, but it'll it'll certainly help bring the price down a little bit in the short term. Uh, I think it's a and look, it's just a, a favorite of mine. Let's you draw a bunch of cards. I actually. A couple of games <laughs> at the cube, uh, cast them in my opponent's upkeep. I had instant speed reanimation spells, and I would reanimate it in their upkeep so I could draw extra cards on their draw step. <laughs> just draw straight and, away. And, yeah, just draw two, and then like just you know fade an attack step basically. So anyway, just- I seem to remember. I think it was J Mud having to cast a draw spell, knowing. Like he, I can't remember what the card was. A black card, and it's like, all right, I'm, I have no Skeletal choice. Crying. Yeah, no, no, that I'm, was I'm, me. Oh, that was you that cast. Yeah, it into- I cast it into a sphinx. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. on both sides of that. It wasn't good. <laughs> I, I think I taste I, of your own medicine. Draw, drew three. My opponent drew six, and I lost three life. That was uh, and, and you paid mana for that too. So. <laughs> correct. Yeah, it cost me four or five mana. Oh, I the lost value that game horribly. I don't know if you're surprised by that, but uh, <laughs> no. is this thing called card advantage? It's a it's a pretty I fundamental. Did not uh, have it. Magic. <laughs> I watched that game happen, Cracker, and I can tell you that your opponent did have a, a counter spell in hand, and and. Rightly chose not to cast it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was already super dead by that point. Like, they had the game locked up, but uh, that's that's fine. Yeah. Very good. All right. My next one is, I'm assuming this is the most expensive card that is being put into this set, and, and this is Imperial Seal, which I didn't even know this card existed. Uh, it, it's a single black for a sorcery. You search your library for a card, then shuffle and put that card on top. You lose two life. Yeah, that's pretty good in commander uh, it's not legal in legacy and it's restricted in vintage so that goes to show you how uh, strong this card is but it's vampiric tutor right but for sorcery speed yeah but, correct. I, but again hella limited printings yeah so it was only port pr- it's it was printed in Portal Three Kingdoms, which is a completely random, bizarre set that I don't think there was very much of it opened. And then there was a Judge promo, and that's it. So this thing's like one to two grand for a Portal Three Kingdoms printing, and like seven, eight hundred to a thousand bucks sort of thing for the Judge promo. And it's pre-ordering currently. I just I just like looked on eBay. And it's pre-ordering on eBay for over five hundred bucks for the double masters version. So I'm assuming that price is gonna come down. But wow, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that is expensive. So I mean, you crack one of those and you've just paid for your whole box. And and I guess that's what you're what you're aiming for. But yeah, I think this is one of those cards where I imagine. Basically, any black deck in Commander would love to play this card, but when it's two grand, <laughs> there's not many people who are going to be going to be playing that card. So, if it comes down, you know, even if it drops down to two hundred bucks, that that's going to be accessible enough for a a bigger section of the uh, the Commander community that people are going to start picking it up. I mean, I'm not paying two hundred bucks for it, that's for sure, but uh, there will, will be people that'll be keen on that. So, yeah, it's one of those cards that. Really should have had a reprint a very long time ago, and uh, it's good to see that they've they've put that in here. Yeah, it's kind of the flagship card of the set. Yeah, uh, the next yeah. one for me, again, focusing on modern, just more Aether Vials out there. Uh, 
there's a lot of decks that want to play Aether Vial, and at various times when Aether Vial decks have been good and, and popular, they've been really hard to pick up. So this is just, you know, if Aether Vial decks aren't at the height in modern right now and uh, they've had a reprint, the price will come down. It's just a great time to pick them up. Again, not the flashiest, most exciting thing, but just, you know, hashtag MTG Finance, uh, pick up some Aether Vials because... They're hovering around the 30 buck price. Now they're going to come down with this reprinting. Great time to pick them up. They will be good in modern at some point in the future. Cracker, yep. what's your next one? Mana Drain. Ooh, ooh. You already have one, though. I do. Jay Mudd Mana Drained me in the, in the Vintage Cube and then untapped and then went, ah, I don't actually have anything to use that mana for. <laughs> just pass the turn. <laughs> so it's just straight counter spell. Yeah, it was wow. just. Oh, I've got this extra extra four mana, and I've got nothing to cast. So it's just your go. If that's its flaw, <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, I've mana drained uh, a in cube. I mana drained a worm coil engine, which gave me enough mana to cast a Kozilek the next turn. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. can definitely have some blowouts. I mean, I cast yeah. in the Abzan deck. I was casting. I think I cast a 13, 13 uh, stone coil serpent. So mana drain. That's not bad if you yeah, get something good. to do with thirteen mana. Yeah, so it's come down a fair bit. It was a $100 card for a very long time. It got reprinted in the original Commander Legends set, Commander Legends 1, uh, and it's it's hovering about $60 now, which is still, you know, it's a fair whack for a single card um, in my books. Uh, so it's good to just, you know, seeing it getting another printing and some sweet new art as well. Yeah, it looks really good. Speaking of yeah. counter spells, Shorty. Yep. Again, another good modern reprint, Force Negation, which again was in Modern Horizons 1. It's a card that's seen a lot of play in uh, in modern. Everything. So, yeah, modern, legacy, whatever, <laughs> everything, Commander, Cube. Uh, so, yeah, very, very popular card, was getting up there in price, you know, um, like US 60, 70, Australian, like 90, 100 sort of thing. So quite expensive for, for a rare that sees, you know, in modern, you're, you're often playing two or three of these in a deck sort of thing. So good to see that reprint and, yeah, just bring bring that price down a little bit to, to Help make it make more modern accessible. accessible. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, Chewy, you got another one? Yeah, so another one from a commander perspective, and this is an obscure card from our friends at Portal 3 Kingdom again uh which is warrior's oath uh so warrior's oath is red red for a sorcery take an extra turn after this one at the uh, beginning of that turn's end step you lose the game so combo potential type stuff uh so it's um only printed once before and it is hovering at around 440 dollars so bringing that <laughs> down making that accessible letting people have more options in building their decks um so yeah excited by that i imagine this would you would play this in your red white equipment deck that you've got yeah like, that's yeah that's technically sort of thing where deck. you're getting multiple uh attack steps and yeah. and things like that so that's that's the sort of thing that you would do there uh is it Alicia Cracker, the uh, commander that chains lots and lots of attack steps together? No, Narset. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, is where the. Oh, sorry. There's Najila that lets you chain your attack steps, and then Narset's the one that lets you chain turns, usually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, though- N- Najila is the one. Yeah. 
yeah, those type of decks that, uh, yeah, just this sort of cheap time walk ability, although it comes at a cost, uh, but, you know, the plan is to get them dead in that time. So, yeah, pretty cool. And if that comes down to $200, just like you said, Shorty, it becomes just more accessible to a larger proportion of the uh, player base. That's a good thing. Just just play Final Fortune instead. Oh, you play Final Fortune as well. Same same card and 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's redundancy. So That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Cracker, next one. Uh, City of Brass. Oh, Five yeah. color, mana fixer, pings you for one every time. It's, again, sneaky expensive. It's like 40 bucks at the moment. It's, it's seen a number of printings, but uh, yeah, really sweet art. Again, I think, I think it's pretty safe to say that all the extended arts and alternate arts in this set are, like Shorty said, bonkers good. Like they all look kind of amazing to me. So, yeah. There's just, there's a, I mean, I could spend another hour talking about cards in this set. There's heaps and heaps of stuff in here that makes me excited. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, uh, a couple of other things that I just wanted to point out. So we're getting all the Khan's block commands reprinted. So Colligan's command, Atarka's command, Jamoka's command, that sort of thing. I think mainly Colligan's command is the one that sees a lot of play. So again, just a good good reprint. They haven't been reprinted. Well, haven't been reprinted at all. They were printed in, in Khan's block. So that's, that's just good to see. Uh, we've got the Bounce Lands coming back in in this set and i don't know if you guys have seen but the full art ones have some amazing strange I, I don't think they're amazing they look weird to me but i'm just not a fan of that whatever that art style is i don't, I don't even know what you, what you call i'm not an art person but i don't like them they, they look weird to me i prefer the uh the original arts and and all that sort of thing uh but just wanted to point out you know as as we've heard from the mouth of polywaffle that uh simic growth chamber is better than ancient tomb that is fact. I mean, it nearly killed me in the draft. If you want to, if you want to dispute that, take it up with uh, what is he at Polyawful MTG or something on Twitter. Yeah, the six foot six hundred and <laughs> something kilos. Like, yeah, you go and take that up with. Yeah, yeah, take it up with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the last card to point out. So I said before that uh, the set was all reprints except for one card, and that is Cryptic Spires. So. This is a weird card. It is a common, it's a land, and it says, as you create your deck, circle two of the colours below. Cryptic Spires into Battlefield tapped, and it has tap, add one mana of either of the circled colours. And then below that, it has a little box that has the mana symbols, white, blue, black, red, green. So it's a common, and you're going to actually get one of these in every single pack. So there's going to be oodles of them. It's... Not like you, you know, you need to make sure you can change the colors on it and, and all that sort of stuff. But interesting way to do color fixing. You know, there there is the other. You know, we do have the the bounce lands in in this set for dual uh, lands. You've got yeah, you got city of brass. You've got forbidden orchid, orchard, orchid. It's orchard, not orchid. Orchid's the flower. Pillar of the Paran. So you've got a few five color lands in this set already. And then yeah, this cryptic spies is just an interesting way to do. I guess it fills up one land slot rather than 10 for a bunch of tapped lands. So that's kind of good. Well, like, what do you guys think of this? Eh. Oh, it's great. Like good for the draft experience. Uh, I would rather not have a land slot when I'm paying such a premium for the product. I'd rather have more good cards. So I feel like they've, you know, this is the air at the top of the bag of chips that you're paying for in a sense. <laughs> Is how I look at it. So, yep. but good for the draft experience. Yeah, better than it being a temple. <laughs> Take it for a rare slot. 
yeah, that's very true. I'd much rather yeah, in the that's... in the common slot than the rare slot. Yeah, yeah no, that's for I, sure. I, I, I think this is just good. Like yeah. for the draft, you know, three color fixing is the most important thing. You're just going to get a couple of these and you know just smooth out your thing because. Again, your cards are so powerful, the most important thing you can do is cast them on time. Yeah, and if you are drafting, there is literally 24 of them that are going to be getting passed around the table, so it shouldn't be hard to pick up two or three of them through throughout the draft. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a good way to do it. It's, it's no good for any, any other format. You, you're never, ever going to play these in, in any other format, but for draft, it is an interesting way to do it. So... Uh, I don't know if that'll be something we see going forward into other sets, but cool design. And this and, does and cool feel like an experiment. And yeah, yeah definitely. Some waters and and yep. then we'll see more things of this ilk further down yeah. the line. It's just weird having like wizards saying, hey, draw on these cards. Deface the cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But proxies aren't okay, boys. <laughs> yes, yes. So... <laughs> All right, so, yeah, overall, I'm pretty excited about this set. It seems really cool. I'm way more excited about this set than the Commander Legends set that <laughs> just released. Couldn't, couldn't care less about that, whereas this, this is- This is Commander Legends. Yeah, this, this, this is Commander is, Legends 2, 100%. Yeah. And Modern Horizons 3 slash Commander Legends. Yep. Definitely going to be doing some hard thinking about whether I can afford to uh, to pick up a box, but if we do, yeah, either we'll draft it or we'll do a, 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 a crack packing. pack cracking- the box opening on on stream, so keep an eye out for that. Should be a, a lot of fun. Don't think too long. I don't know that there's a lot of availability. Mm, no, yeah, I definitely want to be getting it on pre-order prices as well. So have to make that decision soon. All right, so that's Double Masters. I don't think we've got the full preview yet either. So there's it's probably close. more cards to come, and who knows, there may be more expensive stuff. Who we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So should be cool. All right, last thing I want to mention quickly on the way out the door, we announced on the weekend our next one-day event in the tournament series. So we are we're doing Explorer. I think you mentioned it on the podcast last week as well, Cracker, but 9th of July, so in, in a couple of weeks' time, the next one-day event. So this is free to enter as always. There's 250 bucks in cash up for grabs. One of us will be streaming. There'll be prizes that we'll give out, or you know, door prizes and giveaways on the on the stream, as as we always do. And this is another chance to get some of those envy points. So, first time we're doing an explorer event. I've been pretty hyped on explorer. I know you you've been pretty hyped on it, Cracker. And I know Chewy, you mm-hmm. said you've been playing a fair bit of it as well. So, hopefully, we get a, a good turnout for this and uh, get a few of the beans playing. And I'm I'm pretty excited to see what people build and and come with because the uh, the format is pretty wide open. So. Get in on that. The registration is open. It's up on Challenge. Just go to magicbeanscast.com and there'll be the link for the uh, the next event in the tournament series and that'll take you there and you can register. So get in on that. Should be good fun. That's going to do us for this week, I think. So usual wrap-up. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to come and play in those events, the best place to do that and the place you'll need to be for all the communication for that is our Discord. So there's a link for that in the show notes. Come and join us in there and become a part of the awesome Beans community. There's also a link for our merch store, so you can grab some T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, whatever else, and uh, all the proceeds from that just go basically back to you guys in uh, in the form of prizes for all the events that we do. So click on that and uh, grab yourself some Beans gear. 
Uh, speaking of proceeds that go back to all of you guys, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, the sponsors of the podcast and the tournament series, they give us all the the funds and the prizes to give back to you people. So go and show them some love. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you straight to the Facebook auction group and you can join that and then, yeah, grab some bargains on their daily auctions. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places where Magic Beans or Magic Beans cast. So just search us up and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.